My guest today is a clinical and training audiologist at Mtronics Diagnostics. Her name is Kayla van Rie. Kayla, good morning and thank you so much for your time. Good morning. It is such a privilege to be here to talk about something I am incredibly passionate about. Let's start with what a good and healthy ear is um, and what good and healthy hearing is. Um, you know, I, I have a very bad habit mm-hmm. of it just feels good sticking a earbud into my ear and just going to town on it feels amazing yeah apparently that's not healthy uh, slightly problematic <laughs> i'll tell you why um and I, I can admit as an audiologist it does feel good right if you've got an itch in your yeah. ear to stick an earbud in there and just give it a good scratch it feels good i can even admit that but the reason why it's not recommended from a medical point of view is because your ear canal has cells Um, And those cells are actually self-migratory, which means that they naturally move outwards. So any wax in your ear, um, we don't actually need to do anything to remove that wax if the system is working like it should. Okay. But when you take an earbud in and you move it around in your ear, um, you can actually damage those cells that naturally move the wax out, which will give you problems at a later stage because you will eventually get compacted wax um, that you will need to see a medical professional to help you out with. Um, And it also actually pushes the wax deeper in. So you could end up compacting that wax and, um, you know, then needing to go to to a professional, get it syringed out, which a lot of people don't really enjoy that ordeal. Mm. Um, Mm. So they say you shouldn't put anything into your ear bigger than your elbow. (laughs) which doesn't leave much right (laughs) and that's the point yeah um how common uh, are hearing problems as a as a health defect and i'm asking this or let me let me rephrase it how common are ear related problems as a health defect not specifically just hearing i'm asking this because your ears are not just for hearing right um if if one ear is sore or not okay it can throw your physical balance off Um, Most definitely, most definitely. So it is very, very common. Um, It's quite interesting. I mean, wearing glasses, I'm sitting here wearing glasses today. That is seen as, you know, just, you know, a lot of people wear glasses and it's just a normal thing. Yeah. Um, But just as much as people wear glasses to help the sense of vision, um, hearing loss is almost just as common. Really? But... Yeah. But hearing aid is not as common but as glasses. But it's not as common because it's um, unfortunately through through the years has uh, more of a stigma attached to it. And it really shouldn't. Um, people should be seeking out help for hearing just as easily as what they do with, with vision. Um, but you do make a good point there that it's important to consider that it's not only hearing that is, is affected by the ear. The ear... Just to give you some perspective, the ear is as tiny, the, the, the organ of hearing, it's as tiny as your thumbnail. And there is an entire profession dedicated to identifying exactly what's going on with that ear and to managing the consequences of what happens when you lose that sense. Um, the ear is, is obviously important for hearing, that's the most well-known one, but it's also incredibly important um, to maintain balance. Um, If you got up this morning, you communicated with your loved ones, um, you got from point A to point B, and you listened to Oliver in the radio this morning, you used your ears an incredible amount to help you do the tasks that you never have to think about. Um, isn't Isn't it so ironic that it is 
usually the things we take most for granted, granted yeah. that is the most important in our everyday yeah, functioning. Yeah, we often we often overlook it because it's the tasks are so menial and mundane that yeah. we don't see the importance of the organ. What are some common lifestyle um, habits that badly affect our air health? So I think. Um, I mean, the most well-known one is listening to uh, sound t- uh, at, a, at an increased level. Um, so listening to very loud music, working in an environment um, where you're exposed to a lot of noise um, and, and not having the correct hearing protection for that mm. um, is, is definitely um, something we're seeing more and more of. I mean, just everyday life is is noisy right mm, i mm. was at the airport the other day and waiting in the queue next to the um the the engine of the airplane was just idling and i saw thought you know what this is really loud and there's a few workers at the bottom there and they are not wearing hearing protection took out my phone i've got a um you can actually download a sound level meter on your phone um to identify when sound is actually dangerously loud took my phone out measured the sound and the intensity of the engine that all of the passion passengers were standing next to if you are exposed to that level of noise for 10 minutes you can acquire um a uh, permanent hearing loss just mm. from exposure for 10 minutes there so it's really important for for people to be not aware of we, what's too loud not that the average person carries around a sound level meter but what would be a healthy range in terms of decibels to which the human ears can exist in without taking yes. too much strain okay so basically 80 decibels is um, the maximum that you can be listening to for eight hours straight Okay, so nobody's really going to be listening to one so- sound for eight hours straight. 80 decibels so 80 decibels like? is like having the radio on at halfway. Okay. Okay. Um, 60 decibels is conversational level. So you're hearing me at about 60 decibels. As soon as you go up in decibels, so let's say you turn your radio up to full level, then you are reaching decibels of between 90 and 100 decibels. And then you are starting to encroach on intensities that um, are, can be dangerously loud. Um, so for just to give you an example, if you are listening to the radio at or even... Um, do you know what's dangerous with kids these days, especially with COVID hitting and access to technology and mm. earphones and all of that, is as a parent, you don't have, uh, you, you know, you can't always be controlling the level at which a child or a person is listening to music or whatever it is on their phone um, or or laptop or whatever it may be but if you are listening to an intensity of 100 decibels you can only listen to that for 15 minutes before you can cause permanent damage to your hearing wow um, which that's insane it's it, it really is we're not aware of how easily our hearing can be damaged with loud sounds wow that's shocking uh, <laughs> if i'm at a stadium watching a sports game it's a lot of loud cheering I'm there for about approximately two hours, mm-hmm. right? Is there something I can do after the fact to give some relief to my ears if I've been exposed to, you know, really loud uh, spaces? The the best is to give yourself a listening break. Um, so you are going to cause less damage if you break up the moments in which you are exposed to that loud sound. So quickly go into the bathroom out of the stadium. That already helps. Um 
after being exposed to the, that loud sound to now not go home and listen to really loud music to just give your ears a bit of a break from that loud sound to allow the hair cells in your ear to recover again is really important i'm sure you've experienced what role do the hair cells play so the the hair cells are part of what we call the organ of hearing the, the cochlea mm. and basically um the vibration of sound eventually reaches the hair cell and that um vibration moves the hair cell and that hair cell is what um, sends a trigger to the brain saying, okay, I've heard a sound. Um, so with repeated exposure to really loud sound, you are obviously pushing down those hair cells quite significantly yeah. and they need some time to recover. Yeah. Give us a call. The number to dial is 86 We're also taking your WhatsApp voice notes on 0614-104-107. Uh, what is on your mind? Do you have questions uh, for uh, Kayla? Do you have perhaps an experience you want to share? Please give us that call. Kayla, actually, before before I take a quick break, before we came on air, I asked you what's the difference between an audiologist and an ENT. Do you want to give that explanation again? And maybe how do I know if I need to go to an audiologist or an ENT? Yeah, certainly. So um, audiologists and ENTs work very, very closely together. Um, audiologists are very much involved in the diagnostic aspect of it. Um, so uh, doing a whole bunch of tests to identify where is the problem and at which level are you hearing, yeah. which part of the ear um, is affected by whatever is going on in your ear. The ENT takes those results and makes medical decisions. Um, he will... Um, prescribe medication if that's what's necessary um, if a surgical procedure is necessary he will make he or she sorry will will make that um, will mm, make that mm. decision so if you are um, experiencing ear pain for example I would say that it's it's important to go and um, go to the ENT first if you are experiencing a hearing loss and you're wanting to know you know are you actually hearing at normal levels um, and if not, where is that hearing loss coming from? Then it's important to go and see an audiologist. And if the audiologist identifies there is a problem here, uh, they will likely refer to an ENT. Give us that call, 86 Let's take a quick break on the other side of this. Tim and Russenberg, I'll be taking your call. Oliver, good morning. Nice to hear uh, a subject about ears. Not that I have a problem with ears, however... Uh, also, the itching part, and I read on Facebook somewhere um, that uh, uh, um, the vinegar situation is good. Uh, apple cider vinegar that's good for your ears. Any any feedback on that for for from the guest? Oliver Dixon on SAFM. What? What's the apple cider vinegar thing, Kayla? Um, I'm not exactly too sure exactly um, what he is referring to there. Um, I would not recommend putting apple cider vinegar in your ear. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. Yeah. Um, look, your, your ear has a very specific environment that needs to be maintained right. um, in order to... Um, 
ensure that all the germs are killed in there, that it's an environment that, um, you know, infection can't sit and sort of infest. If you are putting vinegar into your ear, it can destroy the the system that's important um, to prevent infection from occurring there. Yeah. So I would definitely not recommend putting apple cider vinegar in your ears. I, I don't presume earlier you meant that we shouldn't clean our ears. Um, so we there must be a way we need to clean our ears. What I've always wanted to try, only because I've seen it on Instagram, is waxing or what do you call it uh, when they put a candle on it and they light the candle and it apparently sucks out all the wax okay. is that healthy absolutely not <laughs> do you know what what's, yeah. what's that ear thing candling. called it's called ear candling there we go um so basically that is a myth okay because what happens is when you when you burn the ear candle um, it obviously burns, you lie there for a little bit, and then you open it up and you think, oh my goodness, that's disgusting, I can see all the wax, look, it's, it's there, it must have been in my ear. But that, what you're seeing within the ear candle, is actually just a byproduct created from the candle itself. It's not pulling out any oh. wax from your ear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So if you're wanting to clean your ear, the recommendation is literally in South Africa, we call it a vaslap. Yeah. <laughs> Take a vaslap and you just literally are cleaning the outside of your ear. Everything that needs to come out will naturally be pushed out by the ear system itself. Yeah. Taking your calls, 86 Temba in Rustenburg. Good morning. I've got a problem here. Temba, can I just ask that you just... Let's see if we can get you in a better line. You're not too very audible to us right now. Uh, maybe we can me now. A little bit better. Go ahead. Yeah, okay. I've got a problem, Oliver, for about 20 years. Siren uh, 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 started ringing in my ears. Permanently so. I only rest when I'm sleeping. What could be the cause and how dangerous it is? Um, I'm very interested in checking that. Yeah, Kayla? Yeah, sure. So, Temba, um, what you are explaining to me over there is something we call tinnitus. Um, it's, it's a ringing in the ear. Um, and there's lots of causes of tinnitus. Um, one of the main causes of tinnitus is when the brain identifies that um, you might have a bit of a hearing loss in your high frequencies. When the brain identifies that, um, tinnitus can be the brain's response to um, it identifying that there's a bit of a hearing loss there yeah. in the high frequencies. Um, but I can't say off the bat that that's exactly what is causing it. What's really important is if you are experiencing tinnitus, um, to contact an audiologist, um, have a full assessment done to identify exactly what the cause of that tinnitus is because it's important um, that when you've got tinnitus, we look at the person very holistically, identify all the contributing factors and then and then manage it like that um but yeah tinnitus can be very frustrating um like he says you know he doesn't doesn't even get much rest from it mm, because mm. it's this continuous ringing in your ear um when you're wanting silence but what's important is that um there is something that can be done about it there is something that can be done to minimize um how irritating and frustrating that sound is to a person mm. um so it's, it's really important to, to get in touch with an audiologist for further help temba is that helpful ah it is oliver but uh, what i can just add is that loud noise is dangerous because as a young man i used to bang loud music maybe that's where it started 
Yeah. But also, Oliver, uh, to thank SAFM for bringing such people because, um, you know, when you go out and try to uh, consult, we pay for this thing. Yeah. We pay a thousand rand for this. So we're not taking it lightly. We, we thank SAFM for bringing people who are helping us. Eh? Yeah. Hearing yeah. aid and, 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 and access to healthcare pertaining to that is an expensive exercise. I don't imagine that a hearing aid device comes cheaply. It is it is extremely expensive, um, and it is one of the challenges we sit with in South Africa, um, because it is a basic human right yeah. to be able to hear, um, and if you, uh, particularly if you are going private, um, hearing aids can be expensive. On average, what does it cost? Oh my goodness, it it depends, um, because there are different technology levels. Um, and also different medical aids will contribute a different amount. Yeah. But you're looking at probably uh, bottom of the range, very low tech hearing aid that um, doesn't have a lot of ability to work with complicated noise environments. You're looking at about 6,000, 7,000 yeah. rand. And it can go all the way up to 40,000 rand a hearing Jeez. aid. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. So it, it really is, is, is dependent on the technology that you are wanting to be fitted with. Yeah. Marilyn in Durban, good morning. Hi. Um, my issue is the same um, with uh, tinnitus or tinnitus. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had it for the last, I don't know, 10 years or more. And after a year of having had it, I went to an ENT and he said to me that um, there's no cure for it. Um, and I just got to live with it and make friends with it. And I have kind of made friends with it, but it's dry, at, at times it can drive me crazy because yeah. I never have one moment's break at all, ever. Oh, so, yeah. and you know, when you get a, when you're feeling a bit down or, uh, you know, like a bit sick or something and it goes even louder. Um, and yeah, well, I've I heard that you can do something about it, which is interesting because I was told that you can do nothing about it because the hairs are, the hairs are damaged. He said, and there's nothing you can do about that. Yeah, I, I firstly want to say I'm so sorry that that was the only um, option that was offered to you. That there is no option because it's absolutely, absolutely not the case. Um, there has been a significant amount of research done. Um, on how we can help these patients because of the fact that it can be so debilitating and frustrating. Um, and it's, it's really an emotional journey as well. Um, I work quite closely with uh, uh, quite a few audiologists in, in Durban. Um, what we could maybe do is if you leave your details, I, um, I can take your details and I will refer you on to some good audiologists who work with tinnitus in, in the Durban area. Uh, would, would that be something that's helpful for you? Yes, absolutely, because, you know, it is, it's, I mean, you do kind of live with it, um, because you have to, yeah. but it is it's quite sad that I never have a moment of, of silence, ever, yeah. Um, yeah. ever, ever, you know, so yeah. it is, uh, yeah, so that would be great, yeah, to, to find out if there's anybody that can help me. Yeah, no, I hear you, uh, it's, um, it's, it's, it's very frustrating, but there's definitely something we can do, um, half of the problem okay first of all it stems from okay anatomically there's been a bit of damage to the hair cells that is what we can't change okay yeah. so the ENT is saying we can't change that given but tinnitus is actually a brain response to that anatomical deficit and we can deal with the brain response um, uh, where it 
minimizes the tinnitus and the influence it has on your life, most certainly. Isn't there a device that can be used to mitigate? So hearing aids um, can help with tinnitus because it restores some of that hearing um, and, and gives, uh, gives back the brain a more normal level hearing ah, than... Um, okay. which helps the brain's response um, and, and the ringing sound. And there's also, within hearing aids, um, there's what we call tinnitus maskers, um, which also helps the brain to adapt to that tinnitus and minimize the influence of it. Yeah. Marilyn, um, I hope that was um, helpful. Um, Thank you so much for your call. Yeah, it was. Can I just ask something else? Um, does it have any long-term effects, like with um, maybe Alzheimer's, or does it have any other kind of brain effects on your brain as you get older? So not tinnitus specifically, but there has been research that has shown that if you have a hearing loss and hearing loss is left, um, that there is a close correlation between um, untreated hearing loss and cognitive decline. Um, so it's, it's really important that as soon as you start identifying you're not hearing as well as you should or that you've got a bit of tinnitus, that you go and speak to the right professionals so that we can, we can help from the get-go. And that is basically um, how how prevention yeah. happens. Yeah. Yeah. Give us a call zero eight six triple zero two zero three two. It's half past eleven. Let's take your news headlines with Dinia Mutong. At SAFM Radio and at Oliver underscore speaking on Twitter. Hi Oliver, it's uh, Wendy here from KZN. I'm so glad you're having this program. It's very important that people know how to protect their hearing. I have a daughter who's also an audiologist and she has her own practice and she's always going on and on and on at us, her parents, saying you've got to be careful of loud noises and uh, protect your ears. As it's turned out, I now need hearing aids because of the work that I did. and so I had a lot of banging in the um, workshops that I worked in. I'm a jeweler, by the way. And uh, uh, if you go into factories, you see a lot of people are not being protected in terms of uh, wearing earplugs and things like that. And people in cars playing very, very loud music often. And um, I've been with my daughter before in the car when she's just shaken her head and said, if only these people knew how dangerous it is because before they even become old they'll be they'll have a hearing loss so it's it's terribly terribly important um that people know about this i'm so glad you're having this program thank you so much you know as i speak to you i am not putting headphones in my ears so the question i would like to pose to our audiologist is what impact, conspicuously it's a, a negative impact, what impact does this headphones have on our hearing? Hence, you know, some people don't even hear the sound of that when they cross the road, when they are putting these headphones in their ears. So, similarly, it affects the ears. It really affects it, yes. So, what impact do these headphones in our ears all the time have on our good hearing? Good afternoon, lovely people. Housing from Melpop. Thank you so much for those voice notes. Keep them coming in. Let's go to the line. Scully out in Durban. Good morning. 
Good morning to you, Oliver, and your guest to the doctor. I also concur with the lady that called before the last caller. You know, the one that's a daughter is also an audiologist, specialist. So um, I want to listen to the doctor the same problem about people playing loud music in taxis and cars. You know, they come right in front of your home, uh, dropping off people, and it goes on for about 10, 15, 20 minutes. Um, that's got to be seen too, you know, um, because the year it will eventually drown your ears. And there's no such thing as earbuds. There's no such thing as earbuds. Um, I just wanted to ask the doctor, which is the best way to get your ears strings or, you know, cleaned up? Uh, I don't have a problem, but in case of wax building up, what's the best way we do? Thank you, Alison, on the radio. Thanks, Kali. Uh, still in Durban, George. Good morning. Morning, Oliver. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. My name is George. I'm calling from uh, KZN. My problem <coughs> is that uh, my uh, my ears uh, are very dry inside, and they often itch, giving me making me very very uncomfortable. And lastly. They don't produce uh, the works like uh, they used to be, to do. I don't know what's happening. Can you, the doctor recommend any eardrops for me? Uh, do you want to respond to that, Kayla? Yeah, sure. Um, so, yeah, that's that's very common. Um, I mean, you're in KZN. I think people in, in dry Johannesburg struggle with that I was actually lot. about to ask because we have like two more callers from KZN. Okay, <laughs> KZN like, is what's really, going on in it's really KZN. supporting today. That's wonderful. <laughs> um, so... What I what I can recommend um, is if you are if you do have itchy and very dry ears, what is safe to put in the ear is um, either what we call sweet oil or um, olive oil. Um, so about three drops in the ear at night, um, and then um, just take a little bit of cotton wool and just block your ear for that night, just to um, ensure that the the skin can actually um, soak in some some of the, the moisture, just to moisturize that skin a little bit. Um, if it is something that is really bugging you though, I would actually recommend that you go to an audiologist or an, or an ENT first, just to identify that there isn't something else going on um, in, in, in that ear that you need like an ointment for. Yeah, yeah. Is that okay. helpful, George? Yes. The doctor said it's olive oil, oil or what? Or sweet oil. You can get oh, uh, you can oil. get sweet oil at Diskim. Or, or any pharmacy. Yeah. yeah. Thank you very much. Thanks Have a lot, George. Day. Really, really do appreciate it. Uh, Blackney, who's a truck driver currently on the road in Carolina. Is it South Africa, Carolina? Lockwood? Hello, uh, good morning, Oliver. Good morning to the SA listeners and the doctor. I'm a truck driver from Zimbabwe. Go ahead, sir. What's on your mind? Yeah, I just wanted to ask. You see, I've got a grandmother who is in her 90s and she has got a serious hearing problem. Uh, I wanted to ask the doctor if there is anything much that can be done except uh, probably hearing aids for her to, to, to recover the listening ability. And also one other thing that I just wanted to ask is a general question. Someone told me that if you are in a place where there is an explosion, like a blasting or something, if you open up your mouth during the time of the blasting, 
it doesn't uh, affect your ears so much. I don't know how far true it is. Is there a relationship there? Um, should I answer the first one, the first question sure, about sure. The, the mom first? Okay. Um, so, unfortunately, um, particularly with hearing loss that has occurred due to age, it is not reversible. Um, I wish there was something we could do to reverse hearing loss, but um, particularly um, if what it is... What is it about age that contributes to hearing loss? It's because your anatomy is deteriorated. Right. Um, so we don't have something we can transplant and... Um, you know, completely replenish those hair cells that are damaged. Can't you like 3D print a cochlea and just insert it in? Do you know what? That's where research is going. It's <laughs> it's exciting where technology could potentially take yeah. us. Um, they they definitely are working towards trying to do that. Um, but at this point in in time, the only thing that would really help um, would be something like like a hearing aid. Yeah. Um, but remember that, that communication is not only um, hearing. Right. There's also a lot that we can do as a communication partner to help the ones that we love things yeah. like ensuring that you're sitting nice and close ensuring that um, they're able to lip read as as you're talking to your mom um, ensuring that you've first grasped her attention before talking um, so there's there's a lot we can do as communication partners as well to to facilitate so better communication well a hearing aid is going to amplify the sound right um, but it's important to understand that a hearing aid, as much as it can provide some sort of amplification, it does not replace the ear. Um, so particularly if you are um, older and you have a hearing loss, um, firstly, you've lost the ability to hear softer sounds. Um, but secondly, the processing of that sound can also be affected. So even with a hearing aid at that age, you can be receiving sound and hearing things louder, but still struggling to process the sound. Right, right. Um, so it's important that you give them as many um, communication facilitators as possible. Let's take a quick break. On the other side of this, we continue taking your calls. The number is 086-000-2032. What are your questions for Kayla pertaining to you, your hearing, your ears, uh, and I guess your body relating to your ears and your hearing? Give us that call and we're taking your WhatsApp voice notes on 0614-104-107. Again, if you want to give us a call, it's 86 2032 Oliver Dixon on SAFM. We're still taking your calls on 086-000-2032. You are listening to The Talking Points. I received a question here, Kayla, on, on Twitter, and, and I would like to read it to you from Zbusiso Twala, who says, My left ear uh, itches to an extent where I feel like there's something moving inside the ear. Should I be worried? Um, I'd say you definitely, that is something that I would want to get checked out. Um, you know, it's... it's um, uh, it, it could be some sort of psoriasis even, um, but I would want a medical professional to have a look in that ear to see, um, you know, if there, there is something that can be done about that and exactly what is causing it. Mm, mm. You don't want to just leave it for sure. Yeah. Maybe before I take the next uh, two callers, what are the most common ear-related diseases? I'd say the most common um ear-related diseases. Some of them are what we call transient, meaning that they come and they go after medical treatment. Yeah. Um, and, and then some of them would be more permanent. So I would say um, the transient 
um, hearing disorders or ear disorders would be wax impaction. And um, we didn't actually answer that that previous question of what do you actually do if you've got wax impaction? What is wax impaction? So wax impaction is when um, the wax in your ear builds up and it starts to create a bit of a, a hard sort of ball and eventually it starts to affect your ability to hear. Oh, wow. Um, a lot of people actually, they have a hearing loss and they walk in and they say, no, I'm sure I've got wax. I've just, I've just got wax. Just remove my wax and it should be better. <laughs> you look in the air and say, no, it's not wax. Yeah. Um, but that can be easily removed with uh, syringing. Uh, a GP can do it, an audiologist can do it, and an ENT can do it. Um, so, so, so that would be from the outer ear portion. And then you've got what we call the middle ear. So that's mm. the portion between the outer ear and the, the inner ear. And the most common... So the canal. Um, no, the, the ear canal is the outer ear. Okay. So the canal to the eardrum. And then there is a middle portion which is filled with three little bones and it's an airy space. And what can happen there is you can get ear infections. Those so, three little bones are really painful when they're out of place. Um. I would say anything that's happening in the middle ear is is quite painful. <laughs> There's yeah. quite a lot of sensation in the middle ear. So, I mean, if you've ever experienced an ear infection before, you will know um, that it causes a lot of sharp pain. I in just the mentioned ear. this from my experiences on flight, for instance. Yes. Um, and it, it that compression and that pressure buildup really is incredibly painful yeah so so what you're specifically talking about there is basically there's a tube that connects your middle ear to your nasal cavity um, and when you are in an airplane that uh, tube opens and closes to ensure that the pressure outside your ear in the in the cabin yeah and the pressure inside the ear is the same um, but if that tube is not opening fast enough what happens is it builds up a pressurized system in the middle ear and that you will experience as a feeling of fullness and um, it can cause a bit of pain. And then very often you swallow just to quickly relieve that pressure. And with swallowing, it opens that tube and allows the pressure to escape. Um, so, I mean, that's another, that's another disorder that we can talk about that's relatively common is um, some people that, that tube doesn't function as well as what it could or should. And it creates a bit of mm. it discomforts. It can also create a bit of tinnitus um, and it can also create a, a feeling mm. of, of fullness. Um, so that would be the most common sort of middle ear. And then obviously with the infection, if you have a middle ear infection, don't leave it. Um, particularly if it is, uh, you know, happening over and over again. How do you know if you have a middle ear infection? So you will feel it. It, it will. You'll feel pain. Okay. <laughs> first of all, you'll feel like your ear might feel a little bit blocked. Um, you might experience a bit of hearing loss. Um, so all of these sort of symptoms suggest that there, there could potentially be an ear infection. Um, and if you, it's happening regularly, you don't want to just leave that because mm. infection is a build up in the middle ear. And you want that infection to be cleared as quick as possible. If it remains there in the middle ear, there are some complications that can happen um, that makes the management thereof uh, slightly more more tricky. Mm. Um, and then I would say in terms of the inner ear, so that is more your, remember the hair cells we spoke about, yeah. the organ of hearing called the cochlea. Um, what we can, the, the most common there is is uh, hearing loss due to age, what, what we call presbycusis. Um hearing loss due to noise exposure, hearing loss um, due to medication, um, ototoxicity, so mm. medications like um, your cancer medication, your chemo, um, that can be quite toxic to the ears. And um, there are also 
some over-the-counter um, medications that can be toxic to oh, your wow. ears. Um, so as soon, what's really important is if you identify there's been a change in your ears, don't leave it. Go and see a medical professional. Prevention is key. Um, and that's, yeah, that's that's really how you're going to prevent something from getting worse in the long run. Yeah. Let's speak about ear health and, and balance. Um, we alluded to at the start of the interview that you can feel your balance being thrown off. What, what happens there? Why can your ear throw off your physical balance? Okay, so this... Now you've you've brought me onto a topic I can speak on forever. This is dangerous <laughs> <laughs> because this um, is is a topic I'm I'm really incredibly passionate about. So because the anatomy of your inner ear houses both the organ that assists with balance and with hearing, the anatomy is shared. So anything that can affect your hearing can also affect your balance system mm. um, or it can affect just the balance system or just the hearing and the one is spared. So they're related in that way. But what's also what I really want to point out today is um, there has been a strong link between um, hearing loss and a patient's or person's fall risk. Um, so how, are, how at risk are you of falling? So they say that if somebody has a hearing loss that is mild. So that means you might not even really be that aware of the fact that you have a hearing loss. If you've got a hearing loss that's mild, you're already, your chances of falling becomes three times greater. As your hearing loss becomes worse and worse and worse, your risk of falling becomes exponentially more. Mm. Um, and, and this and is Falling is not innocuous, right? It can lead to some real... I, physical harm and damage and and that is why this is a topic that fires me up so much because there's so much we can do to prevent it um and one fall i mean okay so let me give you perspective as soon as somebody reaches the age of 65 they're at risk of falling mm. that's already a full risk uh, over over 65 so they say a person who is 65 and older should have a full risk assessment done at least once a year and then if you've got a hearing loss, it makes it, you're even more at risk of falling. Mm. If you are sitting at a table of 65-year-olds or older, and there are 10 of you, three of those 10 elderly individuals are likely to fall. That's your friend yeah. sitting across the table from you. And one of the three that had fallen might sustain major injuries, like a hip-breaking, um, like, you know, something that really a affects concussion. a concussion, or, uh, you know, something that really affects their independence. They might need to be moved to a frail care facility. Um, uh, that is the, nobody wants that life for either themselves yeah. or somebody that they love. Um, and there is a lot that can be done to prevent a fall from happening. It's all about the decisions you start to make today um, as, as somebody 65 and older, the decisions you make, you know, from when you're 50 years old is going to dictate your chances of falling as you get Are older. Are those health and lifestyle decisions? 100%. Um, so things like um, regular exercising, moving, they've shown that Tai Chi is brilliant, um, Pilates, um, yoga, all of 
these um, sort of lifestyle changes and, and keeping your body moving is going to help facilitate the mechanisms that you need to maintain your balance as you get older. The stronger it is, the less likely you are going to be to fall. Yeah. Let's take a number of your calls. The number is 86 Njabulu and Kezren, thank you so much for holding on. Okay, how are you, sir? I'm fantastic, sir. How are you doing? I'm well, thank you. Mm, could you so, just speak I'm slightly louder so we can hear okay. you very clearly? Is it better now? Yes, sir. Go ahead. Okay. So I wanted to ask the doctor, um, you know, I've got some itching in my ears, every and it comes and goes. And it's to such an extent where I, sometimes I feel like I can take an ear button, you know, poke it in the ear just to release that itching. Is that normal, and what is maybe the cause of it? Mm. Mm. Kayla? So I think we've we've sort of covered it. Yeah. Um, the 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 first thing would be to to just go and have it looked at, um, so somebody can actually identify if it is just dry skin or if there is something that needs to be dealt with there medically, um, and then. If it is just dry skin, that uh, tip about sweet oil or olive oil, just three drops in the evening to, to moisturize that dry skin, um, that, that, that is something that can be incredibly helpful. Yeah. Does it help in Jabulo? Just a lot. And then I've got another question. And that is, you know, they say there's this word that go around, if you blow your nose too hard, it can also cause damage to your ear. Yeah. Is there any truth to that? There, that is definitely true. Um, so basically, when you blow your nose too hard, you you create a pressurized system in your um, in your sinuses and in all your cavities in your sort of head. Um, and what happens is when you blow your nose hard, a lot of air enters into that eustachian tube connecting the nose to the middle ear, and it immediately creates a very strong increase in pressure in the middle ear which can cause damage to some of the anatomy there. Mm. Um, if you blow your, 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 your nose really hard and almost immediately afterwards you experience a sense of dizziness or ringing sound in your ears, um, that um, you, you need to go and see an, an ENT um, mm. and an audiologist um, because there's likely been some, some damage to the ear there that will need to be managed. Yeah. Thank you so much, Njabulo. Really appreciate your call, sir. Dino in Durban. Uh, it really, uh, Kayla, is there is there a reason why a lot of our callers are from, from KZN? <laughs> I don't um, know. Is, does moisture and temperature, does it affect it's, uh, it's bringing in all the callers today. Uh, I feel uh, like I'm sitting in KZN at this I'm point. Just adding to the KZN calls. Thanks, Oliver, and thanks for the, for the very, very important uh, topic, and thanks to your guest. Um, I actually didn't know that I had an earring problem. Uh, my wife should always, uh, I mean, speak to me from another room in the house. And uh, I always asked her to repeat what she said, mm. uh, not knowing that I actually had an earring problem. Uh, until I went to a, a, for a medical uh, checkup, uh, and, uh, you know, it was a general checkup for work purposes. And uh, when I went to do this test, and then the, 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 when they put me into this booth and uh, did the earring test, the, uh, the doctor said, you know what, you do have an earring problem. Yeah. So, you know, and uh, when I got back home, I told my wife, you know what, this is the problem. And um, so, uh, you know, I've been in the construction business for like 30 years uh, mm -hmm. working in the construction. I think it, uh, it derived from that, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, just one more question. Um, I've got a bad uh, sinus problem. 
uh, will the sun uh, sometime hear a buzz in my ear, uh, you know, uh, in the mornings, especially when I get up? Uh, does the sinus affect the earring in any way? I'll listen on the radio and thanks very much. Thank you so much for your call, Tino. Really, really do appreciate it. Kayla? All right, perfect. So I'm going to tackle the buzzing one first and then uh, I want to just make a comment on, on what he discussed initially. Um, so most definitely, a sinus, um, sinus specifically can affect that, that eustachian tube um, and it can create a, a buzzing sound in the ear okay. when there's a bit of a blockage. I've, I've got a sinus problem. I'm, this is good to know. Yeah, uh, you, you might experience a bit of a sound in your ear too once in a while. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, particularly um, in the mornings where sinus usually is built up a little bit more um, it, it can definitely it can definitely contribute to that and it can contribute to obviously feeling a bit of fullness in the ears as well um, which sometimes can affect your actual hearing levels but very often the the perception of, of, of fullness is more what you experience than, than actual bringing mm, down of mm. sound levels. Um, and then I just want to just touch on, you know, the fact that he had a hearing loss and he wasn't so aware of it. I think that's really important to point out that um, sometimes it's not as blindingly obvious that you have a hearing loss. Um, our brains are brilliant. We're able to compensate. It overcompensate for that deficit, as, yeah. as soon as your brain recognizes there's a bit of a loss, it just says, okay, watch their mouth. Yeah. And, and so very often um, you notice your hearing loss a little bit a little bit later. So important things to sort of, um, you know, that should raise a red flag for potential hearing losses. If you're going to situations where there's a bit of background noise and you're struggling to hear speech. That is um, one of the first signs. Another one is um, if you're ex experiencing extreme fatigue at the end of a working day. Oh, wow. You get home and you are just beyond exhausted, more than you know what you would have been 10 years ago. Very often it's because your brain is compensating to really grasp conversation that it's, it's more exhausting. Is hearing energy consuming? 100%. When when you do not when you have a hearing loss and you're not hearing at normal levels, um, your brain is pulling on every single resource available to you to make sense of what is happening around you and to pull yeah. together the puzzle pieces. Um, so it can definitely be be be, be draining to a person. Um, another thing is yeah, just it, one of the signs is soft sounds become too soft and loud sounds become too loud. Ah, okay. okay. So everybody, I mean, you've experienced with a family member before where, you know, they're struggling to hear you in conversation, but then, no, put your put the TV sound down. It's way too loud. It's hurting my ears. That is a mm. sign that there's been some, uh, um, potentially some damage to, to the ear organ itself, um, and it's a sign of, of hearing loss. How much of it is just uh, very stressful? I don't want to <laughs> hear the TV right now. Yeah, I mean, uh, that, that, that can also contribute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Especially if it's your... Um, your your husband and it's been a long day <laughs> <laughs> oh, Kayla we're gonna have to live with it it's been a fascinating fantastic insightful and instructive hour um, again I encourage everybody to, to, to see an audiologist or an ENT to check out uh, their ear health for those who'd like to get in touch with you how can they do so um, they can get in touch with me via my email so it's audio chat 
at amtronics.co.za. Um, but particularly if you're looking for an audiologist, what I would recommend is go onto the SAAA website, the South African Association of, of Audiologists, um, and type in your area on, on their website and it will pop up uh, names of audiologists in your area. That yeah. would be the, the best way to sort of find an audiologist for you. Yeah, thank you so much for that, Kayla. Really, really appreciate it. Kayla Van Rie is a clinical and training audiologist at Emtronic Di Diagnostics. Look, I certainly, after this conversation, I'm going to go get my ears checked out. Um, <laughs> uh, the sooner the better. Um, and, and really make those lifestyle adjustments to keep my hearing um, as, as good as it is now. Hopefully that, that is something that we're able to do. 